0: You're listening to the Faith Unpacked podcast. Welcome back to the Faith Unpacked podcast with Jamie and Jason. This is episode 242. And Jason is out again this week, uh, as I mentioned last week. Um, he will explain when he's back, uh, why he's been gone for so many weeks. Uh, certainly nothing to worry about there. Uh, but we, uh, we do have um, the same guest that we had last week uh, back with us today. Um, and if you didn't get a chance, definitely go back and listen to that episode before this one, because there's some cohesion going on here. So uh, go back, check out episode 241 if you haven't already. Uh, We're talking in the middle of a conversation with Ian, um, and he's sharing with us, first of all, in last week's episode, uh, shared with us about, um, first of all, how he came to Christ, and then um, how he pursue the Lord in personal relationship and becoming the kind of man character-wise that uh, some woman wants to marry. Um, and this week, we're going to pick up that conversation. So, uh, Ian, we have fast-forwarded through the whole relationship now. Uh, it's your wedding day. You are thinking, well, I don't know what you're thinking, but let's pretend you're thinking, I'm prepared. I, I have this all figured out. Uh, I obviously have spent a lot of time in God's Word. I have um, been working on my own personal character, my own uh, dealing with, you know, the brokenness uh, that was in me um, and have been preparing my heart um, and have even to a degree been operating uh, in a quasi-husband way in terms of, you know, beginning to love and serve and care. And so now you're married. Um, what was, uh, the, the first, um, we'll, we'll say newsflash, uh, that you really didn't have things as figured out as you thought you did.
1: Well, first of all, I, I think that it's, it's a good thing to mention here that, uh, I'm going to tell you about something that happened to me on my wedding day. And I I think that most (laughs) married people can relate to, um, there was a fraction of a second where I was standing up there, uh, waiting for my wife to come down the aisle. And even during this great day, right, the, the enemy, you know, took his boxing glove off and hit me. And, and the, the thought that sunk into my mind was, is this person really who you want to spend the rest of your life with? Like, that's a long time to spend with one person, right? And that was, that was totally from the enemy. And um, I'm kind of afraid of uh, a bunch of people anyway, so there was a whole bunch of people staring at me, and I was trying to breathe and not pass out. <laughs> but um, as far as uh, the first thing that uh, really struck me was once my wife came home with me and we were living together, I just realized, wow, I've spent a very long time living all on my own, and now there's someone else living here in my house, and uh, that that was a, a learning curve. That um, it wasn't a, it wasn't bad or anything. It was just a, a totally new thing for me because I lived all by myself for almost eight years.
0: Yeah, that would be quite uh, quite a change for sure. Um, but I, I I think the you know part of the the combination between those two things um, having this this moment of spiritual attack, which uh, I would totally agree with you. I think the, the devil really ups his game in, in going after, you know, husbands and wives specifically because, and I think probably by, in large part because marriage is such a picture of the, the love of Christ for his church. And, you know, I'm, I'm very much a believer that um, Satan doesn't hate you as, as a person As his primary focus, uh, I think Satan's in the business of battling God, right? He started out wanting to be God, wanting to overthrow God, wanting to make himself God. And I think that's still the battle. And so it it seems like everything Satan goes after is to try and get God out of something, right? He wants to get God out of uh, marriage, so he has to destroy marriage. He wants to get God out of gender, Uh, so he has to destroy gender, right? He wants to get God out of sexuality, so he wants to destroy sexuality and so on and so forth. Um, and so that's definitely a real thing. Um, I I want you to then talk about really just coming to recognize I, I've literally entered into an oath before the Lord that, uh, and that's serious. That means something. Um,
1: and how, how does
0: that inform my behavior moving forward?
1: Yeah, well, and I also want to build a little bit on what you were just saying there. You know, the devil, he he attacks marriages as well because in the fall of a marriage, during a divorce, there are so many areas and open doors that Satan can attack. He can attack the the two individuals that have gone through this divorce. Uh, He can attack the children. There are so many outside influences that he can use to ruin and, and uh, just degrade on a person. It's a, It's a horrible thing. And I, and I think you know you hit it right on the nose that that Satan, he sees us as people made in the image of God. He just wants to destroy what God made perfect. And actually, since I thought about too many things, can you repeat that question?
0: <laughs> yeah, totally. No, that was a great point. Uh, I, yeah, I appreciate that. Um, good elaboration there for sure. I was asking specifically, you know, there's there's a link kind of between the two stories that you brought up. Uh, having this moment, I'm at my wedding, I'm waiting for my bride, uh, and I, I feel this this uh, satanic doubt, right? And and then also recognizing, oh, we're married now. I'm not alone and single anymore. Um, I've literally taken an oath before the Lord um, and uh, submitted. To all that, you know, God has charged me to do as a husband, you know, love, serve, care, die, uh, honor, cherish, live with understanding, um, you know, do not be harsh, right? On and on it goes. Uh, the list, yeah. um, Ephesians chapter five, uh, Colossians three, first Peter three, right? Just uh, so talk about that, uh, recognizing, OK, I've literally made this oath. And what does it mean now?
1: Well, uh that, that moment there on my wedding day when I, when I felt that spiritual attack, it showed me something right there. That, that God put this, put my wife and I together on that wedding day. And right off the bat, Satan's right there to try and destroy, or at, at least nothing else to try and inhibit something glorious in the eyes of God and fellow man. You know, we made our, we made our vows and our oaths in front of God and man. So, what that really showed me is from that day moving forward, Satan will, right, he attacks everyone, but specifically he's going to try and uh, make the men stumble. Because if he can make the leader of the family stumble and, and fall into sin, he, he he doesn't even have to try with the rest. It kind of just falls into place, you know, for, for Satan's purposes right there because he, he's already got the head. It's kind of like Checkmate, and it really showed me that I have to be aware of what comes in and out of our household, um, whether it be uh, TV shows, whether it be um, people that are influencers in our lives, um, whether it be things that we are talking about, or more importantly, things that my wife and I have to discuss. All of those things, they need to be open, they need to be discussed about, and they need to be checked against the Word of God. The, the Word has to be our uh, our compass, and it has to be the final authority in our lives. And, and that's, you know, what I'm just explaining here, the, that was like the Holy Spirit downloaded that information in a split second after that attack on my wedding day. I, I saw what, what Satan could do in a split moment, but also that God was there to show me. All right, Ian, here's your responsibilities. Now, go ahead.
0: Yeah, that's so good. I, you know, honestly, what a blessing from the Lord to get all that right at the start. You know, so it's like some guys it takes them years of marriage to learn that, and the Holy Spirit's like, "Hey, I'm just going to bless you with some extra wisdom that you shouldn't have already." Yeah. Um, that yeah, that's really cool. So, talk about um, talk about oneness in the sense of when you get married. Now you're talking about finances. You're talking about um, the the day to day choices. You know all these things that you as a single person made largely without any sort of accountability other than. You know what you invited other people, mentors, and friends. You know into, um, but now all of a sudden uh, you're you're not just having a conversation with you and the Lord, uh, but now it's you and the Lord and your spouse. Um, what have you learned about navigating all those kinds of things uh, in a real way to to really form uh, God's God's picture
1: and design for oneness? There's a whole bunch of answers to that, but. One of the ones that's sticking out to me, when, when you brought up the word finance, um, kind of a unique situation, uh, in, in my life and now my wife and I as a couple is there were a lot of things that through blessings from the Lord, uh, I had already paid for. So I, I wasn't in a place where I was in a, a financial bind right off the get go in our marriage. Um, I, I actually had kind of the opposite where i had a safe place and an established place for my wife to come to um so although we do discuss uh financial situations all the time um starting off on the right foot financially in marriage uh really helped um not saying that anybody couldn't do that in with a shoe being on the other foot but um yeah having difficult conversations with your spouse uh, that, that's something that is way more difficult if you don't just go out and talk about it right as it is, comes up front. Uh, if you wait around and not say anything, boy, that, that turns into a, a snowball down a steep hill.
0: Yeah, I can definitely imagine that. And really what a, you know, what a transition, not, not in the sense that like, I think most people probably go into marriage not thinking like, Oh, I'm going to hide things or I'm just going to, you know, whatever. But it's just you have this conditioning of it's always been just me and the Lord, right? Or me and whatever counsel I chose to bring into these, any decision, not not just financial, but all across the board. It's just like, oh, I just made them, right? I prayed about them. Sometimes I seek counsel when I feel like I need it, right? But at the end of the day, it's just me. So it's just that's, I imagine, a pretty challenging uh, transition to so just be like, oh, wait, yeah, we bring another person into all this. <laughs> and yeah, uh, and that talk about how that's a good thing as well. I mean, that's one thing that, you know, you don't really realize a lot of times is like, oh, I'm, I'm giving up freedom. Well, you are in one sense, but you're also adding wisdom that you didn't have before. And in a lot of times, a lot of cases uh, that that's actually more helpful than you know the the kind of wisdom or logic you were using beforehand.
1: Yeah, and you know, in addition to the the wisdom word you use there, also accountability, right? Because in in my particular case, spending so much time of my adult life by myself, uh, I even in times I was flippant with you know financial matters, and I would just do what I wanted to do. I I, I didn't have to answer to anyone because. You know, I, all my bills were met, and I, you know, if I wanted to go do something on a whim, I didn't have to talk to anybody. Um, but that also creates kind of an issue once you're married, because you can kind of stay on that one-track mind where uh, you're used to doing things on your own. And one of the things that that taught me is before I make a decision, I need to talk to my wife about it. And really, it it increased my ability to... Have those conversations that I otherwise wouldn't even think about.
0: And probably I'm guessing, along with that, speaking specifically of finances, um, you probably are more apparent of stupid uh, wastes of you know resources that <laughs> yeah that you didn't you didn't really think about at all before, and now you're like, oh, I need to talk to you about this, but. Now that I say it out loud, that's a really stupid idea.
1: Oh, man. Yeah, I, I have quite a few of those.
0: So let, let me ask you, obviously, I mean, God's word gives us a lot of information about marriage, what it should look like, how it should. Um, but can, can you talk to me a little bit about how you have actually put these principles into practice? Um, you know, the, we're, we're talking, the, the Bible to some degree speaks more generally, um, on a lot of these topics. Um, just kind of like, for example, you're called to love your wife. Well, what does that actually mean? What does that actually look like in a practical way? Right. You're called to serve your wife. Well, what does that actually practically mean? Uh, cause I think, you know, in one sense you go into marriage thinking, Oh yeah, I totally get that. And then there's that, actual application which is oh yeah what does that actually mean and how does that play
1: out in you know actual day-to-day life and practice first and foremost when when we say that we we love our wives well what does that love actually mean right it and so we can we can check that against uh first corinthians four through eight like what what is we love and all of those All of those things about what love is and isn't that Paul talks about there, right? They're all verbs. They're all actions about what love is. It's not an emotion. It's not a, a, you know, a, a sensual thing that you're looking at. It's how can how can I love my wife based on the description of what Godly love or agape love is, and and that was that's really that's really how our love for each other has grown because we can check it against the Bible.
0: Yeah, it's good. It's good. You know,
1: it, it is interesting how you, or, or
0: you know, I, I think through this a lot, obviously, as somebody who serves in pastoral ministry, how do we actually apply, right? We want to, I mean, we say all the time that we believe the Bible is the inspired, inerrant word of God and is the final authority for all life and godliness. Mm-hmm. And yet, I think, In practice, a lot of times we don't behave that way um, because we just fail to really apply uh, or even seek to apply. Right. How can I actively actually put this into play um, in these sort of things? So, yeah. So I I think that's a um, those are those are great questions to be asking um, if you're married or if you're thinking about being married, you know, just literally, what does that actually look like? What do these words actually mean? Uh, It's a great point pointing out that they're actional words. Uh, It's not a feeling. It's not an emotion. It's not. uh, Certainly there are times that's there. Right. But that's not fundamentally what that is. And I think even more demonstrated in the very character and nature of God himself. Right. I think of uh, first John four, nine and ten that the love of God is revealed not in that we love God, but that he loved us. We didn't seek him. He sought us. He went literally to the cross and died for our sins and was resurrected when we're like, yeah, no, thanks. I I would rather my evil, uh, you know, that's literally what love looks like in in the person and work of Christ. And uh, so, yeah, great, great point there. I, I, I was wondering, um, I'm, I'm thinking about this in, in terms of the, the question comes to my mind, you know, what, what would you say has been the biggest surprise in a challenging way in marriage that you had no idea uh, prior to being married? And then the positive side of that, what, what has been, you know, the, the most amazing or, or the greatest blessing that you also were not aware of? Um, before you were
1: married? Um, I think what, one of the things that, that sticks out to me about this question is, um, being married made me realize it, it put an additional lens on, on my sight about how sinful and wicked I actually am. And one of the things that I mean by that is when I married my wife, we became one flesh. So when I sin, I not only sin against God, but I'm also hurting my wife as well. And one of the things that this whole thing has taught me, I, you know, I love Numbers chapter 32 verse 23. You know, the Lord says, be sure of this. Your sin will find you out. So one of the things that, that recognizing that, that sinful fallenness of myself, it's brought me to a place where I'm forced to think about things before I do them, but also think about as I'm, as I'm looking around through life going, how is this going to affect my wife? How is this conversation going to go if I stumble here? Because I'm going to have to tell her about what I've done. So it, it's kind of like realizing, it's kind of like realizing that I don't have to do some of the things that I would otherwise do. And, and that's been a really really good thing in the fact on the flip side that I'm able to tell my wife anything. And, um, matter of fact, we have, we have conversations all the time. And that's been a a real blessing in my growth. As I walk with the Lord is being able to, to recognize the, the fallen state of my heart as it applies to being one flesh with my wife, And how my actions can hurt her and God as well.
0: That's a really good point.
1: And what about the positive? Uh, The positive is I know for a fact that my wife will never wonder, what's Ian not telling me? She knows that I tell her all things that is going on in my life as it, you know... Obviously, if a brother in Christ comes to me and tells me something in confidence, that's not going to be shared. But, you know, as it applies to our marriage, there is nothing that's hidden. And, and that's a, that's a great place to be. Because as that, as a man or a woman in a marriage starts to hide certain things, man, you have to work so hard to continue to hide and you have to dance around the stuff that you, you may that you start to wonder, man, did I did I tell them that? Did I not tell them that? Is this going to be a surprise? It's so much easier to just talk about it as it happens.
0: Yeah, that's good. And it actually kind of relates to your last point as well on the, you know, kind of what you were surprised to find on the negative side is, you know, all these things have an impact on her. Well, you're like, oh, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to share this or talk about this or confess this or, you know, whatever. And she knows something's up already because you're like, you know, avoiding eye contact, you're avoiding conversation or you're, you know, oh, I got to go uh, paint the house. <laughs> yeah. And and so, it, you know, the, the two kind of are linked together. But but you see the beauty of, you know, what um, God's talking about in first John, where he says, you know, walk in the light as he is in the light. Right. And the result. Right. Being you have fellowship with one another. What? that's cool and then ultimately the blood of Christ cleanses from all sin so uh so yeah there's there's a great beauty in that that's awesome uh how would you you know i know here you are sitting uh little little less than a year in um so we're you know we're not asking you to be a a 40 year expert on uh, marriage or anything like that but how would you respond um, i want i want you to Speak to you know a single guy uh, who's maybe thinking about marriage, or maybe he's in a relationship, or maybe even engaged. Um, How would you encourage them uh, based on your own personal story and journey and what the Lord has taught you uh, through all of this?
1: Yeah, I I think one of the one of the things that is probably the most important if if I'm talking to a, a young man who is thinking about getting married, possibly even engaged. One of the best things to have is a group of accountability men in your life. A group that you can talk to, um, and, you know, talk to your pastor at church. If, see if you can go through a, a premarital counseling, uh, session or several of them. That's what I did. And it, you know, counseling has a bad, you know, rap here in in America that people think that you have problems, <laughs> and it, it's not that way. So, if you're thinking about going to a, a, a godly premarital counseling group, you should definitely do it because it, it helps so much in the long run. It, it it you can you can have questions answered. Most of the time, other men are having the same questions you are. So, I I would. And then as far as the accountability group, there's nothing better than having a group of brothers on your side as, as you navigate through this life. I mean, our, our culture is spiraling rapidly down a, a sinful way and we want to be the children of the light. We don't want to be conformed with this world. So it's really important for us to, to be that group of men that are different with our marriage versus a worldly one.
0: Yeah, that's really good. It, it definitely is. And and certainly underscores, you know, kind of pulling all these pieces together, uh, going back to, you know, what Satan would love. Uh, he loves nothing more than um, absentee, you know, husbands, absentee fathers, guys that, you know, are spiritually immature, guys that, don't seek after the Lord that don't love their wives that don't care, you know, care to love and serve and teach and train up their kids. And, um, and then of course society falls apart and the church falls apart and the home falls apart and everything falls apart. And the glory of God is lost right in, in that, uh, context, uh, the glory of God is not on display. Um, At all. And the gospel, you know, honestly, is not compelling uh, in in that case as well. Um, So I think that, yeah, that's some great, uh, really good encouragement. And I also, you know, I want to say as somebody who knows you and has interacted with you uh, quite a bit and just observationally, um, I I think one of the um, greatest uh, things I see in you um, is that, that humility of heart to literally seek the counsel of of other people and not just go to your buddies, right? People, your own age that you connect well with and like, uh, but seek out those older uh, wise men. Um, and, um, as somebody who actually went to your wedding, even, uh, noticed even your bridal party was not just made up of buddies that are your age. You know, you had, um, uh, a couple guys in there that definitely were older, uh, definitely had some more wisdom, uh, had some more time on this earth walking with the Lord. And, um, and, uh, and so I think that's just uh, some, some really great wisdom. Going back to, we made this point in the first episode, uh, back in episode uh, 241, that uh, if you want to get anywhere in life, um, find those godly men and women that you can look up to and go, hey, okay, I see them uh, living out, you know, God's good design in this aspect or that aspect or that aspect and go to those people and say, hey, would you be a mentor to me? You know, would you help me? Uh, Essentially what you're asking them to do is teach me what the Lord has taught you, right? Right. Teach me from your own life experience. And in that space, um, we're able to grow uh, so final thoughts, encouragements, um, what would you say to listeners, uh, as they process everything that you've said in these two
1: episodes? Man, I, I think one of the, probably the number one thing is to be open and honest. I mean, even, even if you're going to have a, a hard conversation with your, uh, spouse or soon to be, um, Even if you think it's going to go over like a lead balloon, man, you've, you've got to have those, those hard conversations and, and you, you might look like a goof, but the thing is, we all make mistakes, but you're going to look like more of a fool if you try and hide it. And, um, just being, man, yeah, just being honest, uh, having those conversations right as they pop up, not waiting around, um, hoping that it goes away, you know, that, that's, that's like I, I think about, um, like David, you know, when he tried to uh, hide his sin. Right? He said his his bones waxed old, and and I man, I feel that on the times that I've tried to sweep things under the rug, that doesn't work. I feel one of the greatest things to have a, a strong relationship in is being upfront and honest about anything that comes your way, and. When you do that, the devil can't use the things that you are trying to hide as ammunition against you. you you've already, you, you've confessed that in all the right ways, whether it's in, to your, your, um, the godly men that are in your life, your accountability partners, uh, the, the elders at the church that you talk to, or your, or your spouse, or all of them. Uh, I mean, that's the best idea. It really leaves the devil no foothold to try and, you know, take you out of the game based on your own sin, right? It, it's properly dealt with. And I think that that's, that's probably the number one thing that, that's going to keep your relationship healthy with God and your spouse.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of the Faith Unpacked podcast. We're so thankful for your time. We hope and pray that these encourage your faith and walk with Jesus Christ. If you'd like to hear past episodes, you can find them on our website at faithunpacked.com. We'd also invite you to subscribe on your favorite podcasting site. If you have any questions, feel free to hit us up on social media, or you can send us an email at faithunpacked at gmail.com. And we invite you back next time as we continue to unpack our faith together.